right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Bourbon Showdown Podcast. My name's Jesse Jones, and on the show today, we have Few Spirits, baby. That's right. Founder and distiller Paul Letgo is our guest this week. He comes to the show, and we talk about all things Few Spirits. We're going to talk about the bourbon. We're going to talk about the rye. Then we're going to talk about the Alice in Chains collaboration, All Secrets Known, a bourbon whiskey finished in tequila barrels. And then what are we going to do? What do we do on this show when we're talking good whiskey? What do we do after we talk good whiskey? We drink it. That's right. I want to thank Paul so much for coming on to the program. He is a wealth of whiskey knowledge. and He is my favorite kind of bourbon aficionado to speak with because Paul says what he thinks and he means what he says. He's a straight shooter, ladies and gentlemen, and I had a fantastic time sitting down with him picking his whiskey brain, learning more about the history of Few, where the name came from, how he was the first one to bring whiskey back to Evanston, Illinois since Prohibition, and how since 2011 he has been distilling grain-to-glass whiskey. He was at the forefront of the craft whiskey boom, the movement, if you will, when there was only a few names on the whiskey shelf. Paul was one of the guys kicking the door down for shelf space. We talked about the hurdles of starting a brand in a county, in a town that has prohibition roots. Talk about the struggles for that shelf space once he got the whiskey made. And then, like I said, we drink the sweet amber of the gods. We drink that sweet liquid. We drink that sweet, sweet whiskey all while we're having this conversation. So I want to thank Paul for coming on to the show. It was a blast talking to him, getting to know him, learning more about what what's in store for few in the future in 2024 and we just have ourselves a damn good conversation guys it's my favorite kind of talk on this show where it's just two people shooting the shit about good whiskey not worrying about the marketing not worrying about what we should be talking about just having a real talk so thank you paul so much for coming on to the show we're gonna get it started right now we ask that you go hit like and subscribe on all the things give us a like on youtube give us a follow on instagram leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. Go wherever you listen to anything, and you can find the Bourbon Showdown. Just go, hey, Siri, play the Bourbon Showdown, and Siri's going to go, oh, hell yeah, if you've got your Stone Cold filter turned on. But now, without further ado, let's get this show started, shall we? It's Paul Haletko. It's Few Spirits. It's the Bourbon Showdown Podcast. My name's Jesse Jones. Let's start... At the show. I have Paul, the founder and distiller for Few Spirits with me today. Thank you so much, sir, for joining us. Uh, I can already tell this is going to be a great conversation. I appreciate you giving me some of your time on this uh, fall Friday where it's crisp outside and it's just the perfect weather for whiskey. Thank you very much for coming on today. Uh, glad to be here, Jesse. Looking forward to have a good time and glad uh, glad we got those samples worked out. I think we had some sort of a back office snafu, uh, but we got it worked out. Hey, well, uh, as in all things this show, I keep my ear to the track and I wait for friends and people whose opinions I respect to recommend brands for it. And this is one of those brands where like a friend from Wilmington, he was like, you've got to try few. I gave it a go. I was like, yeah, 
Let's say, and then uh, we have friends also with the Bourbon Thieves. They sang your praises. So I was like, let's me, let me, let me get in touch with Paul. Let's see what's going on with Few. And I'm, I'm glad that I did. Uh, tell me a little bit. How did Few get started? Uh, where did the name come from? I've heard, I've heard fun stories about the name. Yeah, the name's always a fun one. Um, the name Few really just means that we don't make a whole lot. Um, fundamentally, uh, you know, I know exactly who I am. I'm a dorky suburban dad. Uh, I don't drive a minivan anymore, but I did for a while. Uh, <laughs> but I'm a suburban dad, and by definition, and you know, by I believe uh, federal law, that means I love a good dad joke. That's right. You have to, right? Yeah, you know, we, you know, we're coming up with a name. We wanted, you know, something kind of you know talked about that. So if you're going out for one, like when's the last time you went out for one and didn't have a few? There you go. You don't have to have too many bottles on your back bar. You just have to have a few. You don't need to drink too many drinks at night. You just have to have a few. It doesn't take too many elements to make a great cocktail. Just takes a few. <laughs> Home at night, tell your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, babe, I didn't have too much to drink. I only had a just a few. Just a few, baby. That's all that's all you need is just a few. <laughs> you don't have too much. That, no. That's a great brand. You just want to have the right amount. That's just a few. Leave too much on the shelf. Pick up a few. Yeah, it just, there's there's never more than a few bottles on that shelf that you want. So might just grab a few. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, you know, that's that's kind of what few is. You know, that the other hand, you get a lot of people talking about kind of where we are geographically and some of the uh, interesting geographical facts. Uh, but few spirits is the first legal distillery, first legal alcohol producer anywhere. Uh, in our hometown of Evanston, Illinois. Uh, Evanston was actually the birthplace of the entire prohibition movement. Um, and it was led by an Evanston resident named Frances Elizabeth Willard. And so a lot of people see a similarity with her initials in our name, although that is, of course, a sheer and total coincidence. Uh, but a lot of people really do talk about that. And people get a really good kick out of it. Um, I love that. I love that so much. Obviously, again, it is a sheer and total coincidence. Yeah, they've got a museum at her house. Uh, that I've now I have received a lifetime ban from her museum, but uh, <laughs> some people just can't take a joke, I guess. You should just sit right out in front of the uh, museum and have a few. Yeah, I've uh, I have done that. I'll tell you what we did a uh, we did a press shoot there a couple of years ago. That's awesome. And uh, you know, sitting there with a bottle, you know, sitting on her steps having a dram. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, I think a lot of people want there to be this uh, weird uh, double barrel fuck you to her. And that's, you know, to the extent that there's a non-coincidence, uh, Miss Willard was just a beyond amazing woman that accomplished things that most of us could only dream of in their lifetime. Um, and, you know, realistically, she was trying to solve a problem and having thought about it, you know, for many, many years, well over a decade, I don't know how you solve the problem without prohibition. So, you know, you really don't, you could sit here and throw stones at her and make fun because prohibition is stupid and prohibition doesn't work. And you can do that because prohibition is stupid and prohibition doesn't work. But prohibition is what happens when people can't handle a nice thing. Right. And so right. that's the reality. I mean, currently there's, you know, they pro you can't go out and do lines of coke, man. That's prohibited. Does that work? Do people still do coke? It turns out they do. Um, you can't run around with uh, AR-15s and kill everybody. That's prohibited. People still do. Uh, prohibition is stupid. Prohibition doesn't work. But that that's what happens if people can't have nice things. Right. And I love the duality of your thought process on that. It's, it's a very mature uh, point of view where, yeah, I, 
we may not agree with it, but look at the accomplishment that she was able to lead something that was able to shut down booze for an entire country for years. And and then even after it was repealed years to come of untangling the Christmas lights from, from those, uh, uh, from the laws that that went through during that time period. North Carolina's in the same boat. Well, like we're still county to county, different rules, different, uh, different regulations. Yeah. I mean, and I honestly truly believe that you can draw a straight line from prohibition to the entire Pax Americana that created the United States as the world power from 1945 until China took over. Um, (laughs) Like, that is, I believe that is unequivocally the credit of prohibition because of you know, the finances of running the government. You know, prior to um, prior to prohibition, it was illegal to have an income tax because it was literally written into the Constitution as there will be no income tax. And so having prohibition come in meant that first they had to have an amendment to the Constitution to allow an income tax so the federal government could run. And then post-prohibition, now you've got both. And so I think you can draw a line that, you know, the ability of the U.S. to have not only the income tax, but also revenue from alcohol taxes, that's what's that's what funded World War II. And that's what created uh, the American peace that you know reigned over most of the 20th century. I, I, I love I geeking out on stuff like this. Tie that together for me better. I, I, I don't understand the correlation between the income taxes and the prohibition. Could you go a little deeper on that? Yeah, Um Prior to, you know, in like in Francis Willard's lifetime, prior to prohibition, income tax was specifically unconstitutional. Right. So 100 percent of the revenue for the United States government came from you came from liquor taxes. So if you're the government and you've got Miss Willard running around saying ban alcohol, uh, what bureaucrat have you ever met that's going to be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to get rid of my entire budget. Everything that funds everything in this government, we're going to get rid of. So, no, that's not ever going to happen. So. To get prohibition to pass, first you had to have an amendment that allowed for income tax. Now you've got income tax. Of course, when it came in, it was a relatively nominal amount, and now it's a little bit more than nominal. A little bit. Uh, that's you know now all of a sudden coming in the early, you know, starting right off the, again the end of prohibition, kind of the mid 1930s. Now you've got income tax, and you've got alcohol tax, and you've got the ability to increase that income tax. So, you know, very quickly, you're talking about 40, 50, 60 percent income taxes. That's what funded. You know, that's what funded World War Two from the U.S. side was income tax and and uh, alcohol tax. Wow. You, you know, there's a there's a conspiracy in there somewhere where this, this lady was a, uh, a pawn in a grander scheme to uh, <laughs> to bring back <laughs> overarching taxation. I, I don't know that I'm that much of a conspiracy guy, but yeah, I'm sure you could, you know, anybody's going to come up with conspiracy over everything, right? Oh, yes. Uh, I My favorite part of a conspiracy is when the person has made two realistic points and then they go to uh, absurdity town and, and, and they go from maybe making a good argument to sounding like a complete psychopath. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, but again, like whiskey, like whiskey is an amazing beverage. It brings people together. You... Yeah, you enjoy it. It ideally it improves most people's lives because For it sure. brings people together. And and tell me a little bit about how you got few started. Like what were did you know you wanted to do this? What were you doing prior to few that led you to whiskey? 
Yeah, so uh, as I think most people, have, I've got a little bit of a personal predilection for beverage alcohol. And on top of that, I've also got a little bit of a family history in the alcohol business as well. Uh, prior to World War II, my grandfather's family owned a major brewery in what's now the Czech Republic. Or now it's Czechia, but Czech Republic is what people know it as. Right. Uh, 1939 happened. If you're up on your world history, you recognize that Nazis invaded Czechoslovakia. Uh, they confiscated the brewery and they murdered the entire family in the camps, except for my grandfather. Uh, he survived and spent the rest of his life trying to get the brewery back, but never did. And when he passed, it kind of struck me that all of his family history and legacy is gone forever unless I do something about it. And fundamentally, I am a creative entrepreneur that likes to make art. Um, whether it's music or you know whatever sort of art I like to make it. And so it turns out that I'm actually pretty good at making liquid art and put it in a bottle. Turns out I'm really good at making whiskey. Beautiful. And it was a nice little happy coincidence that uh, that worked out. But so, you know, how did it get started was kind of an inspiration of trying to build on this family legacy. So like me as a person, like I I see whiskey as art you know fundamentally at its absolute core whiskey is liquid art that's that's how we and so at a distillery we get to make liquid art every day two it is in fact a business and you know it's i know that hurts a lot of people's feelings but uh uh whiskey is in fact a business this is how i feed myself it's how i feed my kids um it is a business and so yeah i see few as art i see few as business um, but even more important, the two of those put together is that it's, you know, few is blood, few is family. It's where we come from. And that's the stuff that's really, really important in life. Right. You know, like that's right. It's all that really matters. And so I'm really lucky that I get to be in a business and an art that is also family and it's also blood and, you know, that's, I think really inspirational because it really ties everything together that, it's not just whiskey. It's not just spreadsheets to me. This is, you know, it's the absolute stuff that is absolutely the most important things in the world. And that's your family. Um, money you, matters. Again, art matters, but of course, know, blood is more important. But what great pillars to build uh, the foundation of you on uh, uh, family, art, and then, of course, the, the fiscal side of it is just icing on the cake. Uh, right. And you got started at a very interesting time in terms of the current boom that we're in. Uh, yeah. A lot of people are able to start now and not go through what you went through at the beginning. Uh, you being the first uh, distillery in your town since pre-prohibition, what what um, what red tape, what legal red tape did you have to uh, get through before you were able to start making whiskey? in in chicago in your in your town in chicago yeah i mean we had to do everything it was you know, liquor laws zoning laws fire laws health and safety laws um everything had to get changed because everything everything we do is was illegal prior to me making it legal right um i'm the guy who killed prohibition dead where it was born and so you know what did we have to do well we had to do everything and then on top of that when we started up nobody was doing this 
I don't mean nobody, obviously, like we, we weren't the first, of course, but there really wasn't a craft distillery scene when we started up. There's like maybe 30 people across the U.S. making grain to glass craft whiskey at the scope that we're talking about. Yeah, obviously, you had your legacy distillers in Kentucky, but you really didn't have anybody outside of them, again, other than, you know, 25, 30 people doing what we do. And so like we were super early and... Yeah, when I started, Craft Spirits was, you know, didn't even register on a sales number. You know, there was, you know, maybe, like I said, maybe 30 whiskey distilleries in the country other than the legacy, um, you know, counting for, you know, under half a percent of sales. And today in 2023, or, you know, 2,000 whiskey distilleries uh, counting for five, six, seven percent of sales. And that's and so, wild. It's a wild time that we were at the beginning and, you know, there were a lot of difficulties we started up, like even getting a still manufacturer to return my calls. They they wouldn't return your calls. Like you couldn't get anybody to care about you. Nobody cared because you weren't like, who are you? Oh yeah, whatever. And going into, you know, talking to retailers and bartenders, what craft spirits? Is that like craft beer? Right. Right. Crossed arms and hunched shoulders. Like get out of my bar. Didn't see the didn't see the opportunity. It's and wild. Now we're talking about you know craft whiskeys are you know few as well as a lot of my friends make some of the best whiskeys on the planet. Completely, uh, you've got them there and you taste them, drink them, enjoy them. Like, I'll compete with anybody on the, on quality. You might like <laughs> mine better than theirs. You might like theirs better than mine. But there ain't nobody on the planet making better whiskey than we do. And isn't that wild that in 10 years time, it's gone from not being able to get a still maker to give you the time of day to now the still makers are so filled up that the you got to get on a waiting list to get one made. Yeah. Now yeah. they wouldn't return my phone call. And then uh, if you know, five years later, we're front and center in the marketing materials. Hey, look, right. we sold a few. Right, 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 right. And I, I've talked to uh, other whiskey makers in uh, Chicago and uh, or, or in the uh, Illinois area. And a lot of them uh, look to your archetype and and, and uh, look to what you did when you got started, when they ran into similar uh, red tape in their county or, or town. Yeah, I mean, you know, part of my reaction to everything was really hard for me was uh, I was one of the founding members of the American Craft Spirits Association. You know, we a bunch of us that were there got together to try to make it easier for other people. Rising tide lifts all ships. That's right. So, uh, you know, a lot of us really work together to make that tide roll up. And I think you can see it again. Like I said, when we started, you know, less than half a percent. And, you know, today, few sells more than the entire category when we started. That's awesome. And and what were some of the pitfalls? Like not only like you get you get everybody on board from a legal standpoint, you get laws changed, you make it to where you can distill in your town. Now you have to do it. How did you approach the uh, the hurdle of learning how to make whiskey? Uh, uh, what, like, how did you teach? Like, like, where did you go to learn? And I, I, I stutter there because I'm trying to think of the time and in that early, there was nobody. I can't think of anybody that was like it was still a guarded industry in terms of how you make whiskey and, and letting other people into the industry. So, so how who helped you learn how to make whiskey? You know, I think you just kind of made friends. But fundamentally, like me as a person, I'm the kind of guy that I don't do so good with books. Um, 
I am perfectly literate. I can read, uh, but uh, I, I struggle from books. And so I, you know, the way I learn is with two hands. Right. I go and do it. So I actually went out and built a distillery. And then uh, obviously, of course, I would never have uh, made alcohol illegally because that would be illegal. And I would never do that. Truth. Um, Nobody would ever do that. Nobody would ever do that. Certainly I did not do it. Nope. Um, but, you know, just experimentation. Like I did make beer at home for 20 years. And okay. I think partially that that informs a lot of the way we make our whiskey is, you know, we take an approach of making whiskey in the fermenter rather than in the barrel. And there's nothing wrong with any number of styles of making whiskey as long as the product ends up good. But it's really difficult to go compete with people who make whiskey one way uh, and do things the exact same way as they do and then think you can compete with them. Um, you know, the worst sales pitch ever is oh, a few spirits that taste just like Four Roses and it's only 20 bucks more. Right, right. That's that's a tough sales pitch. Well, I'll just drink Four Roses. Uh, and it's not like a lot of people trying to talk about craft beer, right? Like, you know, when craft beer kind of came up. You could be like, well, what are you going to do? Drink Budweiser? Like, oh, of course, I'm not going to drink Budweiser. Whereas in whiskey, you're like, oh, what are you going to do? Drink, drink Beam White? Uh, yeah, you are going to drink Beam White. It's really good. <laughs> right, right. What are you going to do? Drink Evan Williams? Hell yeah, I'm going to drink Probably, Evan Williams. Probably, yeah. <laughs> So it's a different world. It's an interesting hurdle right there. Uh, and that was another one that you had to face was the shelf was not as uh, broad as it is right now. Uh, yep. uh, so so let's go a little deeper into that. That last thing you said, you how did you make yourself stand out? How, how, what did you do? How did you take your beer making knowledge and translate that into uh, an atypical flavor profile that was something the consumer hadn't had a, 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 a you know all of. Yeah, I think that's just what it is. Like taking a beer approach, you know, working with fermentation and working with yeast, uh, working with your fermentation temperature, all these things that are basically you know brewery operations one hundred and one. You know, weren't really done in whiskey um, because. Yeah, and I can tell you why. It's because it's very economically disadvantageous to make whiskey from a brewer's approach. It's way easier to just, you know, use a really high yielding yeast, let it rip, distill it, take big wide cuts, and uh, let the barrel filter it out over a number of years. Right. Um, it's pretty cost effective. And it, frankly, it works. It makes great whiskey. Um, right, right. Proof's in the bottle. Yeah, the proof is in the bottle, and the whiskey's good. So who cares how you make it? As long as the whiskey's good, but you yeah, saw the need. Good, now you can worry about how it's made. But until it's good, like no one cares how you make bad whiskey. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Oh, this is terrible. How'd you make that? Like, no, that, <laughs> no one cares. So um, it, it, it's such an interesting viewpoint, though, because everything that you're saying is pointing to an industry that was doing just fine. Like, like, like the boom. They, the boom wasn't here, but they were still you know, creating good product. So you come with a different vantage point and, and bring that uh, again, craft is the best way to say it. Cause it costs a little more, but you were able to put that artisanal touch to it and uh, right. create something that had not been made before. Yeah, we do something that they weren't doing and it's extremely helpful and it brings people in and it makes whiskey fun. It makes whiskey exciting that it's not all the same seven legacy distilleries now you've got everybody and their sister doing it and they're all a little bit different and you know maybe 
you know, maybe your friend Jim likes that one and your friend uh, Sarah likes that one or you're like, like everybody could have their own different favorite, but fundamentally they're great whiskeys. And that's what's exciting. Again, it's a golden time in whiskey that, you know, we could talk about how we make ours and how they make theirs. Uh, it's never a diss on somebody else, how they make theirs, as long as they're proud of it and it results in great whiskey. That's what matters. And, you know, part of the fun of whiskey may well be, you know, learning about how the different ones are made and all that. But at the end of the day, what's in your glass? Does it that's taste right. good? You that's enjoy right. it? Let that that's, be. That's what it's about. And I think people would uh, benefit from that mentality. I, I I don't quite understand why uh, uh, consumers will. Maybe it's the same reason that you pull for one sports team versus another sports team. Uh, uh, there seems to be that this is good. This isn't good mentality, uh, a lot amongst a lot of whiskey drinkers. And I, I don't think that's ever a fair assessment because what is not right for you may be perfect for someone else. And I think that versatility is the romance of whiskey. It is right. literally something out there for everybody and every flavor profile that anybody could possibly like, like, like it's not, as hard as people make it if it's not right. for I mean, you don't shit on it just to right. you admit to yourself there yeah a few bourbon i think is a relatively spicy bourbon if you don't like spicy bourbon you're probably not going to like few maybe you wanted something that's a weeded bourbon that's not what we are totally and you own that and that's the best part about it like like you right. know who you are you know what you're putting out there and if people like it buy it enjoy right. it if you may, it's a relatively spicy bourbon if you don't like spicy bourbon you're not going to like it. Doesn't mean it's shitty whiskey. It just means it's not yours. Maybe you like Ooh. whiskey that's a little bit sweeter. Well, Fuse not your brand. That's okay. And but that's your friend who likes spicier things. The few might love it. Their yeah. brand. And I think that's the part that we we as uh, that's that's my job. Like your job making good whiskey. One of the things that I try to do is is promote the fact that try them all because you'll find yours eventually. And if you don't, if it's not for you. Don't don't shit on it because it's still good whiskey. It's just not your good whiskey. Yeah, few rye is an extremely fruity rye whiskey. If you don't like fruity rye whiskey, you're not going to like few. But it doesn't taste like anybody else's. And you might find that, wow, I really like this nice, really spicy rye whiskey that's got a whole bunch of fruity flavors to it. Turns out I really like that. Awesome. Now you like few rye. Um, <laughs> If you don't like fruity, if you don't like fruit in your rye, you're not going to like it. Okay. But if you, you know, if we, all you want is, you know, black and white pepper, hey, man, that's awesome. Drink uh, Redemption. Drink anything out of MGP. You're going to get all that big, heavy spice that you want in the rye, and you're not going to have that in few. That's not, that's not who we are. It doesn't mean that they're not good at whiskey or that we're not good at whiskey. It means that we're different and you know, rather than sit and say something sucks or doesn't suck, I'd rather sit and share a dram with you and talk about, hey, man, how about the Cubbies? The Cubbies are going to be great next year. How about the Hawks this season? How about, you know, how's your wife doing, man? How's your kids? Damn I'm right. Really Damn right. See that, you know, your kid got the, you know, was you know, starting the other day for their sports team. That's awesome, man. You got to be really proud. That's that's what whiskey is for. Yeah, that's right. Enjoy a dram and think of all the things you could be talking about while you also enjoy good whiskey. You're wasting time if you do it the other way. You know, whiskey brings people together, and that's what we always like talking about. Yeah, we have a different whiskey. Maybe you like it more, maybe you don't, but it's different, 
And it's we think it's fun. I I couldn't agree more. And that's a perfect segue into drinking some of this whiskey. You have been good enough to send me uh, a couple of your bottled and bond offerings. And the I'm not going to lie, man, I marked out when I saw this bottle. Uh, I am a, a, a 90s guy. I Alice in Chains was one of my bands. And you guys really just encapsulated the entire vibe of the band in this few spirits Alice in Chains collaboration. I, I I dig it down to the uh the the method that you you put into making it. So thank you for sending them to me. Where would you like to start? Yeah, I always start with the bourbon. It's our number one seller. It's our flagship product. You know, a lot of people like to hide their flagships and we want to bring it up from man. Check this out. That's right. We're it's really here. Proud of this. Which now this is not something like, oh, here's a little speed bump for you to get over. I think it's one of our absolute stars. Uh, it's a fantastic full flavored bourbon. Doesn't taste like Kentucky because it's not. You know, we make our own whiskey ourselves. Uh, there's zero point in trying to make a bourbon that tastes like Kentucky bourbon if you're outside of Bur- Kentucky. Right. Because they make- already do it really well. That's right. Uh, That's right. Make it your own. So how did you make this your own? To walk me through uh, uh, what went into this and and what I can expect to get out of it, what the consumer can expect when they pick up a bottle of few. Yeah, so a few bourbon. You know, you, right now you've got our bottle of the Bond Expression. Uh, it's a mash of 70 corn, 20 rye, 10% malt. Uh, we use a Belgian beer yeast to ferment it. And so when you're talking about bourbon, first off, you know, Obviously, bourbon is going to be a sweeter product. By law, it's at least 51% corn. Ours happens to be 70. So just by definition, bourbon is going to be on a sweeter side. And few is no different than that. It's bourbon, so it's going to be sweeter. However, we like a little bit more spice in our whiskey. And so we cranked up the spice by giving it a nice high rye mash bill. We use 20% rye. Are there higher rye mash bills out there? Yes, there are. We use 20. Is it the highest? It's not. If that's what you want, cool, man, that's be great. We're at 20%. We consider it high. If you don't, cool, man. Uh, This is where you found the balance of what you were looking for. Right. We think you get a really good balance with 70-20. And obviously 10% malt because without any malted barley, you're not going to get any fermentation. Um, So 70-20-10. And then that beer yeast that we use uh, produces a lot of really great flavors. Circling back, we we make our whiskey and our fermenter. So we want to make sure that we're fermenting really well. We're going to create the congeners we want. We're going to create the esters that we want. And we use our different yeast to do that. Uh, we control the fermentation temperature to make sure that the yeast are producing the flavors that we want. And the result is going to be few bourbon. You get that big, heavy sweet from the corn. And you get this really fantastic cinnamon, clove, uh, spice, maybe a little bit of cardamom. Although cardamom is not really a spicy uh, but you certainly get some of that cardamom flavor. And we really think that it stands out. You know, you get that sweet bourbon, but you're also backed up with this big hit of cassia bark, which is like the real cinnamon, not like the uh, not the candy cinnamon, but the real cinnamon. That comes through so well on the freaking nose and on the palate. Right. So it's just I'm not going to tell you it's like, you know, big jalapeno spicy because, again, it's not. Um, but you do get it on a bourbon side. It's a very, very spicy bourbon in balance and brings what we think is what the real whiskey drinker really wants, which is a full flavored, rich, complex pour that can be sipped neat on the rocks in cocktails, however you like it. 
Um, and we think Few Bourbon delivers on all of that promise and delivers on it at a hell of a price, given what you're getting. You know, it's a truly handcrafted small batch uh, whiskey made. You know, we make it in our facility and our stills, our mash tons, our fermenters. Uh, we age it in our barrels and our warehouses. We bottle it in our bottling lines. Um, we do everything from grain to glass. And I think that's, uh, you know, when you're talking about story, because you know, aside from being art, whiskey is also a story in a glass. Right, too, right. right. It takes time over. It takes so many years and so much time to create whiskey. That whiskey is also a story. Well, I, I, I've had this poured. I poured it when we started talking. It's been sitting and opening up for about 40, 45 minutes. I've been sitting here nosing it and just like the changes that it makes from like when it was popped till now it it's just a gorgeous uh, nose on this thing that you can sit with for a while and you do you get that real cinnamon off the top of it you're getting that spice come through from the rye but it is a but it's also the 70 corn it that sweet sings through and it it creates this wonderful volume uh, I, I I think is the best way to describe the the because you're when you're putting I hate the notes that people give that go so far down the rabbit hole that they start sounding scripted and fake. I I, I like to work more in the uh, levels of that you're getting because you know with corn and rye and malted barley you know the flavor profiles associated with that. What I'm digging about the nose of this whiskey is where it's got that rye in there, and and I and I love the how you're putting it together, uh, the the yeast and the uh, the brewing mentality that you're using to put it together because there's a depth of flavor and nose that you're getting when you dive into this thing, and that has been my favorite part about drinking this is there's it's not boring. There is something going on that you can sit with and 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 learn more from, and it, as it opens up and as you get more uh, as it uh, takes over your palate. You adds to the conversation of what whiskey can be. We're not just a me too. We're out there leading. We're out there innovating. We're bringing new things to the world of whiskey that, again, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how innovative you are. It matters if it's delicious whiskey. And that's what we offer in spades. Like We offer a delicious whiskey at a great price, um, and it's delicious. You know, bottle and bond, obviously 100 proof. Uh, bonded, you know, all the all the rules of bottle the bond, um, but it's just fundamentally at the core, it's great whiskey, and it's balanced. It's so well balanced, Paul, because you're getting the sweet. I, I- I, I love the bite of rye. I, I, I love that the rye uh, hits so hard that you know that it's there and it mixes well with the dark fruit notes that are shining through some of those earth flavors that are just giving it like that beautiful leathery tobacco-y freaking volumatic pour that you look for when you're looking for uh, a, a good hundred proof bourbon. Yeah. Hey. I think that's what people want. If you don't like it, cool, man. Let's share a dram. You pour yourself a poor scotch, pour yourself Japanese, pour yourself rum. I don't care, man. Let's just sit down. Let's be friends. That's right. That's uh, right. But man. yeah, I mean, you bourbon, you know, nice spice, sweet. But again, bourbon's going to be sweet. We're going to bring, you know, what we're going to do is going to bring some spice to you to make it a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just another bottle on your shelf. This is, this is this is where this fits into your arsenal of whiskeys that when I want something a little bit spicier, 
here's where now I know where few fits. If I want something that's sweeter, boom, maybe I'm not going to be drinking a few bourbon. Maybe I'm going to be drinking a few rye because I really feel like having something that's a little bit fruitier. Maybe I'm going to be drinking something else. But here's where few fits. Here's where few fits is uh, bourbon with a nice little kick of spice. But that's a great that's such a great way to think about it in that this is in your repertoire. This is something on the shelf that when you want it, it's there and 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 it's not limited. If there's a moral to the story, it's that no shelf is limited to one bottle. You want to have as many good brands on it as you can so that when you're in the like, like when you have that food that reminds you of the thing that you like or it's or it's raining or it's sunny or there's any of the things going on that makes you think, oh, this would be perfect for a poor a few and that's when you've got it. You've already got it on your shelf. Go freaking pour it and enjoy the moment. Absolutely. I'm digging it, man. I'm digging this finish, too. Like it sits there and all of the flavors sort of unwind. Like 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 if you're going in fast forward while you're drinking it, they kind of slow down a little bit on the finish and unfold. And, and you kind of uh, get to see the hand that you've been dealt with what you've been drinking in, in the finish of this pour. At the core, it's great whiskey. What could I say? Mm. And then, but you could also contrast it too, right? You, you look at you got the bottle of few rye. That's our bottle of the bond behind you as well. Still, again, hundred proof. All the other rules of bottle of the bond. But when you're looking at few rye, we're going to try to bring something different to the table there too. Uh, same mash bill, just in reverse. Right. Uh, Seventy rye, twenty corn, ten malt. Um, and so then obviously, again, your rye whiskeys are stereotypically going to be really spicy. You know, all that black pepper, white pepper you get from rye, Few's going to do things a little bit differently. A, we're going to have that 20% corn in there, uh, going to give you some nice little sweetness to go up and balance against that spice from the rye. And then on top of that, we use a, a French wine yeast for the ferment. So you're going to get some really nice kind of fruity, stone fruit, um, jammy, jammy flavors that are completely unexpected in rye and so yeah you've got all that spice seven percent rye is going to be spicy here boys and girls uh 20 corn gives it some depth that gives it some balance keeps it from just being the one note black pepper right right uh, i gotta point out too from your depth. bottle you you do something that i love mashed fermented distilled and bottled by few spirits like all of the things there's no <laughs> you cannot misconstrue what that means there's nothing being hidden in this label it's all happening with you yeah when we started up we had a lot of objections to people trying it because they thought we were lying this whiskey is too good you can't possibly have made it you're sourcing and you're lying so i just got really sick of everybody telling me you're a fucking liar <laughs> uh ah! It's right there in the bottom. I'll tell you exactly what we do. Come see it. But that goes back to the time when you started. Like, like not everybody was doing that when you started uh, making whiskey. There Almost was a lot. Was. Yeah, there was a lot of those fairy tale uh, uh, stories on the back of a bottle, and then at the very, very, very bottom of the label, you would see uh, bottled produced in by. produced by. That's right. That's right. And that was always like your little uh, your little breadcrumb of where to go to actually see where it was made. Right. And so uh, you'd, you'd see a lot of notes of you know, you see a lot on the back of bottles produced by or distilled by. And, you know, we wanted to clarify that. Yeah, that's we do a little bit more. We do it all. Yeah, we distill it, but we also mash it. We also ferment it. 
Um, this is what we do. And we're really proud of what we do because we think it's cool. The uh, aromatics on this rye are fan freaking tastic. Stands out in the marketplace. There's nothing like it. God bless. Like citrus. Like I'm getting hints of like citrus with that, with that allspice. Yep. Oh my good. Okay. Does that come from the, the, the French yeast strain you were talking about? Like, you is get these the, great fruit flavors. It's going to spit out. It's going to be reacting that way because that wine yeast is going to behave very differently than a distiller's yeast. You, know, you get these great stone fruits. We talk about tart cherries a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Plums. Yeah. Like about, a sweet uh, plum. Yeah. Plums. Talk about pears. Um, you know, the yeast itself comes out of the Syrah area and so out of the Loire Valley. And so we always talk about Syrah wines. You know, think about those big jammy French, big jammy French wine. Yeah, put it in a, uh, put it in a bottle of whiskey. Um, Almost like a fig jam. You're getting out of it a little bit, like that sweet mashed fruit. It's full. It's rich. It's complex. It's delicious. It brings everything that the whiskey drinker, or what we think whiskey drinkers want. They want great whiskey. They want complex. They want full flavor. They want deep. They want rich. They want sweet. They want spicy. They want fruit. They want variety. They want variety. And you you drink few and you're getting variety typically in one glass. We're going to hit across all your different flavor notes. We're going to bring you a balanced whiskey that gives you multiple notes to play with and to enjoy and to savor. And when you take the when you take a sip of this, those those fruit notes combined with the spice of the rye, it creates this beautifully light for a hundred proof. Like this thing's dangerous in that there is minimal burn. There's just enough burn to let you know you're drinking whiskey, but it is so light and airy from those fruit notes that it sort of carries you through the pour. And really walks the room in terms of your palate. Like it's working the sweet sensors. The, it's working the the back of it. You're getting that kind of a uh, 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 sweet sour uh, uh, at the back of your palate. Like it's really doing a good job of taking you on like a flavor journey. And at 100%, you have to be careful with it. Like we talk about yeah. you have to respect it. Like it's a little bit of a caged beast because you you could be sitting there drinking it mm-hmm. and realize that you just drank a half a bottle of 100-proof whiskey until you stand up. You're like, oh, whoa, 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 time out. Um, but it, it does this great thing. You know when like – um, and, and again, it, it, I like it. I like this both ways. Sometimes you like it when the nose and the palate are kind of like a, a, a left turn from one another. This is such a balanced freaking through line where the palate leads right into the glass and you're getting those freaking badass fruit notes paired with that rye whiskey. Like, like all like, like, like they complement each other so damn well, Paul. At the end of the day, we put great whiskey in a bottle every day. And I think few rye and few rye and few bourbon, I just exemplify that again. Yeah, we talk about few bourbon being our number one seller. Go check it out. Few rye's got incre- incredible hype, and you can see why already, right? Yeah, like, there's so much hype on the few rye, um, and there's nothing like it. Whiskey yeah. to enjoy with friends and family, a thousand percent. And it's one of those pours that's like your brain is kind of running the Rolodex. It's running that palette Rolodex of like. Where have I, where have I had this before? And then and then very quickly realizes I think this is its own thing. 
uh, you get a hint of chocolate at the end of it on the finish. Like, where does that come from? That's just beautiful. And it the all big, big jammy French reds. Yeah, man. It's freaking gorgeous, Paul. Yeah, and no, there's nothing like it out there. If you're a whiskey drinker, just give it a shot. Like, try it. Maybe you like it, maybe you won't. But you haven't had anything like it. If you pride yourself on your palate and expanding your palate, this is one of those that you have to get just because it's going to put a new card in the Rolodex of of what you've tasted before. God bless. That's freaking that, – that is dangerous, though, because it's 100 yeah, it proof. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it is easy to drink more than you intended to when you're talking about few. But isn't it cool that like you you sit there and you don't get bored with it? Like you want to keep going back, and it's so airy from those fruit notes that you think that you can. Uh, 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 but to your point, it's definitely ooh, it's got that beautiful kick at the end of it where you know you're drinking whiskey. God bless this thing's gorgeous. Mm. Always great whiskey. You know, again, always trying to have fun and bring something new. And you know, we were talking earlier, too, about bringing people to whiskey. You know, craft whiskey, it's not just for the traditional whiskey drinker. Like, people come to whiskey via craft. And people come into craft whiskey from a whole bunch of different places, from beer, from wine. Uh, and we get people coming in from music. We get people coming in from all over the board because – what we really do is we're really sp- out there spreading this gospel of, hey, check out whiskey. This is fun. This is enjoyable. And, yeah, we can appeal to the traditional whiskey drinker. But we're also bringing people in from, like I said, beer, wine, music. And so I think a lot of our rock and roll collaborations, just like the Alice in Chains that you're holding in your hand, uh, I think a lot of those you know, a lot of these rock and roll collaborations come in from that, like bringing people in to whiskey who maybe they're you know maybe they're a traditional whiskey drinker maybe they're not but we're going to bring you something that's really cool and something that's really interesting and so you know if you're again you're you're a hardcore whiskey drinker we're going to bring you something cool in the flavor we're going to bring you something cool in the story we're going to we're going to bring that traditional whiskey drinker something cool if you're not really a traditional whiskey drinker we're going to bring you something like allison chains where you're like oh i'm I'm a big fan of that band i got to try that out and then you're going to try it and you're going to go oh that's pretty freaking good. Well, really cool is the perfect way to f- explain this. I mean, the and you went by behest of the band and got the uh, illustrator that they use for their posters. Uh, Justin, I'm 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 spacing on his last Justin name. Hilton. Great, great dude, incredible artist, and it's a, like the label's awesome. It's art. You said you were making art. You're not lying. This is absolutely gorgeous. Like like it. It, I can't stop looking at it. It, it, it. I just can't get enough of this freaking. And again, it ties back in. I, I'm biased. I'm a huge Allison Chains mark, but it's badass Damn. no matter how you cut it. Uh, and you've been doing this. This is the the second release of the Allison Chains. Yeah, this is the second release. You know, and we've worked with some really incredible musicians. How was it working with the Flaming Lips? I wanted to ask you that. I've heard Wayne is an interesting cat. Yeah, they're awesome. Like Wayne's awesome. Uh, Steven's awesome. Uh, Mike is awesome. Like all these, they're just awesome people who are creative and fun. Um, you know, I always tell a story about hanging out with uh, the bass player and, you know, they, they don't all live together. They all live spread out. And the bass player's a parent, just like, you know, many of us are, we've all got kids. Right. You know, he was just talking about how hard it is to be, you know, going out to like a school fundraiser, you know, and meeting the, you know, your 
your kid's friend's dads are like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. what do you do for fun? Oh, I play guitar in a band. Oh, that's cool. What do you do? Like, oh, I, I make music. I'm a musician. Oh, cool, cool. What do you do? You do like covers? Like, no, we do mostly originals. <laughs> oh, cool. Anything I've heard <laughs> of? <in> your band? <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Flaming Lips. That's, oh, yeah. and then you just ah. see the moment of recognition. Like, oh, shit. Um, but yeah, like it's been really cool. And they were working with Allison Chains, the Flaming Lips, Black Roller Motorcycle Club. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that. you worked with them too. Dude, oh, dude that was you got awesome good release. taste in music, man. Yeah, I, I I can't say it about any of these people, man. They're just awesome. And one of the best concerts I've ever seen was the Flaming Lips in uh New York City. It it was it was the most immersive badass like like there was symmetry on that stage in terms of art and music and, and it was just gorgeous from beginning to end it was like watching a damn rock opera in terms of its presentation techno hey, uh, uh, hype, hype, heightened rock opera i don't know what uh, uh, what psychedelic rock opera i i don't know it was amazing there, there is no show on the face of the earth like a Flaming Lips show. So if you're, if you're out there listening and you get a chance to go see the Flaming Lips live, whether you like the music or not, go. Uh, it's a visual experience that you will never see again. And if you can't have fun doing that, I don't know what to tell you. But uh, uh, go have a good time. If if you can't have fun at a Flaming Lips show, you don't like fun. Right. Uh, it, it, Case in point, there were a couple dudes from New Jersey at the show we were at, and they, nothing against New Jersey. These guys were, where they're from had nothing to do with it. They were just these gigantic meathead guys. Like, they looked like they had just come straight from the gym, and they right. did not realize what they were getting into with a Flaming lip show, specifically how the audience sort of converges into one entity. <laughs> and, and they're sitting there and all these people are like swaying into them and, and they're reacting the way that those dudes react when people bump into them. Only it's, it's yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Only the people are just like, you know, in, in the moment and not even paying them any mind. And it totally blew their minds. And yeah, it was the like, perfect example of what people that don't like fun look like. Yeah, yeah, you got Wayne Coyne going through the audience riding a giant inflatable unicorn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with confetti in, in coming down. You got a confetti cannon that he's shooting confetti into the air. And you've got this orchestral music just swelling. And you're like, what is happening here? This is awesome. The video behind them that go in, coincides with uh, uh, coincides? Yeah, let's not <laughs> pun that up. Uh, everything they've got going on, it, it's just really a. a freaking badass time and when i saw that that bottle uh you guys again down to your cover art the cover art for the flaming lips bottle perfectly personified them as well so uh you guys have your shit together when it comes to putting out these musical collaborations yeah we've got uh we got two more coming next year that i'm real excited about uh we're not talking about them yet but uh uh man these labels are going to be so fucking cool and they're great whiskey um, well, when you're ready, I want to know because these oh, things are fun. If you're a 90s guy, you're going to lose your mind. Ah. Well, tell me about this one. I'm losing my mind sitting here nosing this. Yeah. It's, so it's been open chains, for you know, it's, Yeah. It's a super cool whiskey. It's our few bourbon. Like you just tried the bourbon and the, uh, you tried the bottle of the mom bourbon at 100 proof. Yeah, also changed that 101. So it's basically the same ABV. 
Uh, but we're going to finish that whiskey then in uh, tequila barrels. We're like, what's, uh, you know, Alice in Chains, heavy, fun. Uh, what can we do to make a whiskey that's going to befit that big, heavy plotting? And we wanted to have, you know, add that little bit of like, oomph to the feud. So we settled on doing tequila barrels because that's rock. Uh, 101 is just the most rock and roll of all proofs. Um, there's nothing more rock and roll than 101 proof whiskey. And so, uh, and what does the tequila bring to the table? What does that tequila barrel open up from the whiskey, from the bourbon? I think the tequila barrel is going to bring a little extra sweetness, a little bit of grassiness, and maybe vegetal notes. Um, still in balance, it's subtle. It's not going to taste like you know drinking tequila. Uh, but what it is going to do is kind of bring some more of that kind of grassy sweetness, uh, open it up a little bit, add a little bit more complexity, uh, one more you know it's one more ingredient of flavor is that little bit of tequila. Um, still going to have all your whiskey characteristics, but you get that little bit of grassiness, a uh, little bit of that kind of deserty sweetness. Um, not that, deserty sweetness, but deserty sweetness. No, I know exactly what you mean. One of my favorite juxtapositions of whiskey and tequila <laughs> are how whiskey opens up into more flavors, and the better the tequila, the more granular it, it goes with the specifics you get in terms of flavor notes. Uh, and I can smell it on the nose and I clean is the word that keeps popping into my head. Like there's that clean note that uh, uh, sings through when you have a good tequila in front of you and you're getting like the bourbon, but it's like a very clean bourbon that you're getting on the nose of this. Um, so fundamentally, again, delicious whiskey, kind of fun, kind of different. Maybe you've had other tequila barrel finishes. Maybe you haven't. It's not really a big thing, but again, I'm not pretending we invented this stuff. Um, we're just taking our own little spin. We're trying to make things a little bit different and we're trying to make sure that it's fundamentally fun. So, you know, you can grab a bottle of a few Alice in Chains available right now online. Um, and then you can put on, you know, put on dirt. Yeah. And there you go. Hey, like there it is. Yeah. <laughs> I found an original. I, I'm a comedian by trade. I go from town to town, and I found in one of those uh, record stores an original pressing of of the. Uh, what's the name of the album? Dirt Jar of Flies. Jar of Flies. I found an original pressing of Jar of Flies. So that's basically my afternoon now. Is I'm going to put that on and just freaking melt the day away with this thing. And you're gonna have an You're gonna have an amazing time. Oh my god, thing that whiskey's good, it's interesting. Um, and it's whiskey you could drink. It's again, it's priced so you could drink it. Whiskey is supposed to be drank. It's not supposed to be idolized. It's supposed to be shared with friends and family. It's supposed to we, we make whiskey to be drunk. We don't make whiskey to put up on some altar where you you get it backlit and it's shining up like it's some idol. Yeah, the, the right time is the night time. You're not supposed to be doing that in front of the whiskey. Good lord, this is there's a drinkability to this that is again at a hundred proof going to be dangerous for the rest of my day because it is so damn interesting. You've get the, and I've got, I've had the benefit of going from the bourbon to the rye and now to this uh, tequila finished barrel. And, and it all ties together. Like, like it's not boring by any stretch of the imagination and those tequila notes that's still you're correct. It's not the tequila note. It is the uh, that clean freaking whiskey supposed to be fun. And we try to make it fun. And this is very, very fun in that you can sit there and just search for 
the flavor notes that you're experiencing as you go through the glass. It's soft, it's subtle, there's complexity, there's richness. We're giving you all of the flavors that you want. Again, we're giving you sweet, we're giving you spicy, we're giving you fruity. And with the Allison Chains, we're giving you a little bit of that heavy rock and roll. We're giving you a little bit of that kind of uh, American Southwest desert, even if yeah. there's um you had said grassy. I'm getting that desert, uh, like I'm getting that desert mentality from it more than I am the grassy. Yeah, I, I think you get some grassy notes off of agave. That's my palate. The sweet from the tequila paired with the sweet of the bourbon is just a phenomenal combo. But it's not cloyingly sweet. It's just some really no. nice sweet. No, no, no. It's clean nice sweet. Spicy. Yeah, it's spicy. You're not going to go, ooh, it's so spicy. No, 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 uh, no. It's, it's, it's just, not you're hitting it across the board. Yeah. And you're not going to go like, like it's not going to like uh, negatively impact your palate sweet. It's like a beautiful combination of your sweet and the tequila sweet, which then blends to make a beautiful freaking whiskey. Man, I, where can people get this? This is a thing that needs to be shared with the masses. Yeah, so the Allison Chains is available via distribution in Illinois and I believe Washington State. And it's also available at the uh, Few Spirits website. So if you just go to fewspirits.com, you can click through and it'll take you right to our retail partner and they'll ship it right to your home unless you live in the States that won't allow that. But I can't solve that problem for you. You got to solve that one yourselves, boys and girls. There's ways around it if you think. Not that Man, we're telling you to do that. Anybody, I would never encourage anybody to avoid no. uh, liquor laws. But never, ever, ever. People are creative out there. But maybe with Christmas coming up and your mom lives in South Carolina, maybe she can get it for you. I don't know. Maybe. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the product's available. I mean, there's a couple of states that we get yelled at. I can't get it here. I'm like, not my fault, guys. Uh, <laughs> How is but, that my uh, fault? You live where you live. <laughs> right. hey, talk, talk to your elected representatives, boys and girls. Um, but no, it's available via the Few Spirits website. You can click all the way through to our retail partner. They'll ship you the Allison Chains. They'll ship you the you know few bottles of bonds. They'll get your bourbon. They'll get your rye. They'll get you whatever you want. Three bottles. You get shipping free. You know the biggest problem with mail order whiskey is that the cost of shipping are punitive. Right. right. Buy three bottles. It's free shipping. So there you go. Balances out, and you get the full set. Man, the, the Allison Chains bottle is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, we're we're really proud of it. I uh, hoping to keep that one coming out uh, over over the long term. Usually with our rock and roll stuff, we try to do like one release and be done with it. Right. But you know, this the Allison Chains, frankly, people like it, and uh, it is our job to sell peat whiskey that people like. So, well, it's go. it's good, and I can't think of anything else like it on the shelf right now on on the on the liquor shelves. So, kudos, sir. It's very very tasty. Thank you. And you alluded to more collaborations in the future. What other expressions do you have coming out this fall and in the uh, beginning of 2024 that you can share with us that people can look forward to? You know, I think this fall we're really focusing in on that Allison Chains. We've got our core bourbon, our core rye, really trying to push all that, you know, coming through this fall season and going into next year. You know, as we get into next year. Um, we're going to be re-releasing the Black Girl Motorcycle Club collab in Europe. We're going nice. to be releasing some of the Allison Chains in Europe. Um, we're going to be releasing some of the Allison Chains and Black Rebel in Australia as well. Um, you know, we've been able to grow the business. You know, we're now in 50 states and about, I don't know, 25 to 30, sometimes up to 40 countries, uh, depending on that great market traffic in Europe because it gets a little dicey there. 
Um, did, did you think when you started that 10 years later you would be in every almost every state and and across the world? No, it's definitely very strange how things happen. Now, again, we we called the company Few because we thought we were only going to make a few bottles. Uh, <laughs> it turned out the few is a little bit more than we anticipated. But, you know, that is kind of what happens. You make great whiskey that people like and people like to share with their friends. So that's right. You know, that's just kind of how we've approached it always. And from day one is we're just going to make great whiskey and we're going to try and share it with people. I'm going to try and share it with as many people as, as we can. Um, but that, that's what the whiskey's for is for sharing and for enjoying and it's working. Well, you've succeeded there, sir. You make a delicious whiskey and I love the philosophy behind it. Paul, it's been absolutely, it's been so good talking to you today and drinking through some of these delicious whiskeys with you. I hope you'll come back and and talk more rock and roll with me next time. Uh, we we okay. talked whiskey this time. Maybe next time we get a little bit 50-50, we go whiskey and rock and roll. And we dive a little deeper into the music. Hell yeah. Rock and roll. I appreciate your time today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish uh, diving into this bottle and I'll, I'll, I'll see you next time. Uh I'll see you next time after I finish this Allison Chains and finish this record. Excellent. Have a great afternoon, and uh, thanks, everybody. Uh, see you next time. Cheers. There you have it, everybody. That is this week's episode. I want to thank Paul for coming on to the program, for walking us through how he makes all of the good whiskey that he makes, the bourbon, the rye, and I think my favorite of the three right now, I've gone back to it. The bottle's almost empty of this Allison Chains, all secrets known, whiskey finished in tequila barrels. There's that beautiful mix of flavors from the tequila barrels and the whiskey ingredients. It's a wonderful freaking pour. I can't can't get enough of it. If you would like to have your own bottle of the few Allison chains, just go to fewspirits.com. Bottles are still available. There's more rock and roll collaborations coming down the road in 2024. And if you are a member of these United States, you can probably find that few spirits. You can probably find that good few whiskey on your local liquor shelf. So wherever you go, pick up a bottle. You're not going to regret it. That few rye is also absolutely phenomenal. It got me through the holiday season, baby. You know it did. A little bit of few straight, a little bit of few neat, a little bit of few in a cocktail, just a few. That's the joke, isn't it? Just a few. So thank you, Paul, so much for coming on to the show. We've got more whiskey on the way as we ramp up to episode 100 of the Bourbon Showdown podcast. This was episode 92. That gives us eight episodes before we reach 100, and we've got a damn good guest. We've got a familiar face, a big name, if you will, coming back to join us for episode 100. So I'll, I'll leave those breadcrumbs there. You can kind of go back in time and and see if there's any trends, see if there's anything uh, that repeats itself on, on, on monumental episodes, on monumental numbers of this show. So you can maybe put it together, but I'm not going to spoil it for you. G keep on coming back each week, guys, because we've got more whiskey makers going to talk to us. We've got Cook's Mill. We've got Buzzard's Roost. We've got
got new riff. We've got all sorts of goodness and a few surprises in store, so keep coming back each week. We ask that you go hit like and subscribe on all the things on Instagram, on YouTube. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. If there's somebody we've not talked to yet, just hit us up and let us know. If they make good whiskey, I want to talk to them. And keep coming back every Tuesday as we drop new episodes. I want to thank you guys. It's a blast doing this show. I'll see you guys next week on this whiskey journey that we're all on. So let's raise a glass and kick some ass. I'll see you guys on down that whiskey road. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.